Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, in honor of the reading of God's Word, would you please stand with me if you are able to. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel or the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. The book of Acts is the action book of the New Testament. It, in fact, is a continuation of the Gospel of Luke by Luke. Historically, it traces the activity of the Holy Spirit through the birth, the infancy, and the adolescence of the church. It's called the Acts of the Apostles, but in actuality, it could be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit because it follows and speaks about the acts of the Holy Spirit. Through two apostles, Peter and Paul. In fact, the book of Acts forms the background and the setting of most of the apostles' epistles. It details the transition of the gospel of Jesus in Jerusalem to the uttermost parts of the earth. It presents a challenge to all Christians concerning the zeal, the faith, the joy, the commitment and obedience that we have 
to Christ today according to the saints of yesterday. Nekayev, a 19th century disciple of Karl Marx, was thrown into prison, ultimately killed for his role in the assassination of Tsar Alexander II. But before he died, he wrote these words. The revolutionary man is a controlled man. He has neither his own interests nor concerns, nor feelings, nor attachment to property, nor even a name. All for him is absorbed in the single exclusive interest in the one thought and the one passion, revolution. Now, Nekaev, motives and goals were wrong, but it stated well the heartbeat of dedicated commitment. In fact, it's the kind of commitment and dedication that is needed to accomplish not only what we are doing, but all of what it is to be Christian and church today. This objective is found in the Gospel, and here in the book of Acts, it's more clearly defined. There are three truths today that I want us to get, want us to see, want us to receive from this passage of Scripture. In this passage of Scripture, the Jews refused to obey the Lord God. They refused to follow Jesus as the Messiah. They rejected Christ. And thus, they were set aside by God. And God turned to those who would trust His Son Jesus and follow Him and seek to finish His work. So this text gives us these three truths. They are the program, the power, and the purpose of the church. Today I want us to see and understand what that program of the church is, what the power of the church is, and what the purpose of the church is. In verses 1 through 3, first of all we see the program of the church. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day which he was in, in until the day in which he was taken up, after through the Holy Spirit he had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the program of the church. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God in the hearts and lives of His people. 
It's in the lives of those who've trusted in Him, who believed in Him, who are following Him, who are committed their lives to be obedient children of God. The Bible tells us God so loved mankind that He gave His Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And He gave us this love letter, His Word, His Bible, to help us to know what to do as His people, and know what His program was, His desire was, and is. It's the program of the church today to teach and to preach this Word. So we have no excuses when we stand before Him and give an account, and we will give an account for what we have and have not done. In verse 1, we find the accountability. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. This is Dr. Luke. Now, this is not this Luke sitting here. We understand that. But it is Dr. Luke who wrote the Gospel of Luke and who is following, fulfilling the message of the Gospel through the book of Luke. He is giving us an account. One day you and I will give an account. One day we will stand before the Lord God. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll give an account before Jesus Christ. You'll give an account to Him for what you've done what you haven't done. What we have done and what we haven't done. As His church. As His people. We will give an accountability. For those who've never trusted Jesus Christ, they will stand before the great white throne. And the great white throne judgment will hold them accountable for what they did or didn't do with Jesus Christ. So let me encourage you today, because God so loved you enough to send His Son Jesus Christ to die on the cross to pay your sin debt, that if you would just simply trust in Him and follow Him through repentance of sin, He will give you forgiveness, abundant life now, and eternal life with Him forever. What a marvelous exchange for our belief, trust in him. Accountability. But secondly, selectivity. Look at verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen. His apostles. He chose the apostles. The Lord God himself, the Father God, placed in Jesus Christ the responsibility and the commitment to choose the apostles, those who would continue on after Him and pass on the message. He selected these men. He gave it to them to carry it forward. And they have done just that. 
in 2 Timothy, we find the message that he gave. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And the things that you have heard from among uh, from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And that was the selection of Jesus Christ. He committed it, the gospel, the message of the cross, His message, His love, and the Word of God to faithful men who would carry this message to the world and pass it on and continue to pass it on, and they in turn committed it to other faithful men who would continue the message and carry it on. Through selectivity. That's how Jesus did it. And that's how we the church are to do it as well. And then Jesus ascended back to the Father. But there's a third issue that deals with the program of the church, the kingdom of God, it is the qualitative. Look at verse 3. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus was resurrected on the third day. One of the songs that we just sang, on the third day Jesus Christ rose from the dead after having suffered for you and me, after having died for you and me, after having shed His innocent blood on the cross for you and me. Jesus Christ was buried. He died. He was buried. And for three days He lay in the tomb. And on the third day, He rose from the dead. He is no longer dead. He is alive forevermore. We don't serve a dead God. We do not have a dead Lord Jesus. We have a living Savior. And He's in the world today. He's in my heart. If you've trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, He's in your heart today. So qualitatively, the resurrection is not doubted. Jesus proved himself alive for 40 days. Now, he did many different things. The Bible doesn't express, and Luke doesn't share exactly what those things were. But the resurrection is vitally important to the church. For if there's no resurrection, we have no better gospel, we have no better faith than any other religious belief that has a dead God. But we don't have a dead God. We don't serve a dead Lord. We have a risen Lord. He lives, He lives, and He lives in my heart and your heart today. Thank God He does. That's the program of the church, the kingdom of God. Secondly is the power of the church. Look at verses 4 through 8. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? 
And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The power of the church of Jesus Christ today is the same as it was here in Jerusalem when the church began. And that is the filling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. But they had to do several things to begin with. Verse 4, they had to wait. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Wait. We are not a people that like to wait. We don't like, we, we get home from church and we've got to wait for lunch. If we go to the restaurant on Sunday after church, we've got to wait for the server to get there and ask what we want. And then we've got to wait for it to get there. We've got to wait. We wait for a lot of things. The Bible says... Good things come to those who, what? Wait! Jesus told the apostles to wait in Jerusalem. Wait until you have the power. Now, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that I've been emphasizing since I've been with you is the fact that this is predicated on the Holy Spirit. It's predicated on the, the, the power of the churches, the power of the Holy Spirit in you, in me. We cannot do it in our own selves, and we must not try to do it in our own selves. We must have the filling and the power of the Holy Spirit of God in order to accomplish that which He wants to accomplish. We're not out to accomplish what we want. We're out to accomplish what God wants because this is His church. So the power of the church is the filling of the Holy Spirit and we have to wait for Him. They had to wait on Him. We have the Holy Spirit today. They didn't know what the Holy Spirit was at that time. So they had to wait. Secondly, they waited for the promise. Look at the second part of verse 4. But wait for the promise of the Father, which, Jesus said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit is what he is talking about. John the Baptist had announced a future baptism of the Holy Spirit in Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, John 1, 
And in Acts chapter 11, this is the words of, uh, of, the, uh, of Dr. Luke in Acts chapter 11. When he said the filling of the Holy Spirit. Acts 11 verse 16. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. That prophecy is fulfilled. That prophecy has been fulfilled. That prophecy, you and I know him as today, the indwelling power of God through the Holy Spirit. When we trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the triune God, comes to dwell in us. We have God the Holy Spirit living in us as we trusted Him as our Lord and Savior. When we accept, when we receive, you can say it any number of ways, but it is trusting Jesus Christ and His finished work on Calvary that He paid for your sins and my sins. And we trust Him and believe that that's what He did for you and me. And so we receive Him We turn away from our sins and we receive Christ into our life. We put away the old life. We put away the sinful practice. We put away that which we know is wrong and not godly. And we receive Christ into our hearts and lives. Christ, through the Holy Spirit, comes to live in us. And then we begin to live for Him, serving Him, practicing His Word, actively living it out for His glory. It's the endowment of power for the disciples as they would be able to serve the Lord and accomplish everything that He wants them to accomplish. You and I can accomplish everything the Lord God wants His church to accomplish as Corinth Baptist Church here in the community, in your life, in my life, wherever we go, because we are the church. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have the power of God, the dunamis, the dynamite of God, able to live out and flesh out the love of God and the church of Jesus Christ. The power, the power of God. Look at verse 8. But you shall receive dunamis, power, dynamite, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world, unto the end of the earth. Look at verse 8 again. You shall receive power. Power. When you are building a house or buying a house, it has Duke power connected to it. What do you have to do first before you get power to that house? You got to put it in your name, don't you? 
You got to go to Duke Power. You got to connect with Duke Power. You got to plug into Duke Power in order for Duke Power to plug up your power in your house. <laughs> Church, we got to plug in to Jesus Christ. We got to plug in to the Holy Spirit. We've got to allow Him to empower us to do what He wants to do. To be His witnesses. To be His witness in Jerusalem. That is our community. That's where you are. That's where the apostles were. In the community. You shall be, once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, empowerment, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in your home area, right there where you are. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria. Now, what does all mean? All means all. That's right. All means all, and that's all all can mean. Because it means all. And Jesus said, you're going to have the power, you're going to have the power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You're going to have power not only to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, you're going to have power to be my witnesses in all of Judea. That means the little places beyond Jerusalem. Beyond Corinth. The little neighborhoods all around here. Little subdivisions going up all along 96, 39. All along these little highways, 231, 222. All around here. Lake Glad, what is that? Lake, Lake Glad Road? Yeah, Lake Wendell Road, thank you. I knew Luke was good for something. Witness. Witness. And to the ends of the earth. That means missions is also within our purview of serving the Lord. Power. The program of the church is the kingdom of God and bringing people to and into the kingdom of God. The power that we have to accomplish the program is the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 14.25 says, He that winneth souls is wise. That's the program. The kingdom of God. That's the power. The Holy Spirit. And now is the purpose. The purpose. Look at verses 9 through 11. Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him, Christ Jesus, out of their sight. And while they stood, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, two angels, who also said, Men of Galilee, what are you doing? 
Why are you standing, gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw Him go into heaven. Jesus is coming back. Did you hear me? I said, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. One day, we don't know when, but friend, it's not going to be very long. The signs of the times are here. They are everywhere. And if you're not reading them, take my word for it. They're here. They're ready. Jesus is coming soon. The purpose of the church, the purpose of you and I, is to focus When he had spoken these words, Jesus was taken up. They stood looking, looking, squinting, looking, looking. I can't can't see him. He's gone out of sight. I can't see him. But I see the little cloud. I can't see him anymore. But two angels. Why are you standing looking up? This same Jesus is coming back one day. You got work to do. Get about your work. But wait until you are empowered. The expansion includes more than just a few and us four and no more. You're talking about an expansion of the kingdom of God. He was talking about expanding the kingdom of God. Jesus wasn't talking about just us four and no more. Jesus said, where is Jerusalem? It's our little place. Where is Judea? It's the next place. Samaria, it's the next place. He was considering, Jesus was talking about going and going and going and reaching and reaching and reaching until you die and go home or until He comes back. We don't stop the work until Jesus comes back. Go where? Go into all the world. Among all the people groups of the world. No matter what their nationality. No matter what their color. Go and make followers of Jesus Christ that will be faithful to the will of God and the Word of God. Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church. Turn to the Gospel of Matthew with me. Matthew chapter 16. Jesus was working with His disciples. He was teaching them. He was walking with them. He was living with them. Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? 
They said, some, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others, Jeremiah or, or one of the other prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter, we know Simon Peter, don't we? I'm, Simon Peter is always the abrupt one. He's always the first one to jump in there and, and get his words out and, and do the first thing or say the first thing, and he pays for it later a lot of times, but he, he, he goes ahead. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Blessed are you. Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven revealed that to you. And I say to you, you are Peter. And on this rock, hold on. Now the word Peter is Petra. And what Jesus was saying, Petra, he was a little pebble in the midst of all of those rocks. Well, what was he talking about on this rock? On Peter? No, he wasn't talking about on Peter. Go back to the confession of faith that Peter made. Simon Peter said, this is who Jesus is. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, on this rock, this rock, your confession of faith, Peter. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus told Peter his vision. Jesus gave Peter his vision for his church. The confession of faith, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus said, I will build my church on that confession of faith. And when you and I come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we come to that confession of faith, and we come and we say, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the one who laid his life down for me. I'm willing to lay my life down for him and his church. That's commitment. That's commitment. But you know, Jesus hasn't asked us to lay our lives down. He's asked us to live our lives for him. He's empowered us. He has enabled us. He's given us the program. He's given us the power. And He's given us the purpose. He laid His life down for us. What are we willing to do for Him? If we will commit ourselves to this focus and the vision of Jesus, with His power, we can be the mighty army that Jesus wants us to be in this world today. For Jesus Christ. Corinth Baptist Church, are you willing to pay the price? Bow with me.
heads bowed and eyes closed. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you today and ask you today to come during this time of invitation or see me afterwards and tell me you want to place your faith in Jesus Christ today. He laid his life down. He laid it on the line for you. He shed his blood for you. He loves you that much. And he wants you to become a follower of him today. I beg of you, I plead with you, come today. Christian, child of God, member of Corinth Baptist Church, or wherever you're a member, God is calling you today to the program of the church. Commit to the program of the church. That is to be his church and build up the kingdom of God. Be a witness for him. That's what, that's what he, he asks you to do. That's what he commands us to do. Be a witness for him. Tell what he has done for us. That's what a witness does on the witness stand in a court of law. Tells what they saw. Tells what they know. Not opinion. Not ideas. The power of God is at your hand. He will empower you to do what you're committed to do. And the purpose, there's not a better one. Serving the Lord Jesus to give him glory and praise because he's laid the vision out for his church and his people, and his kingdom. Will you commit to that today? You can do that right where you are. You can do that coming forward in prayer. You can do that coming forward. However God has spoken to your heart today, you respond. Father, it's in our hands now. Lord, you've given it to us. You've laid, laid it all, all on the line. You've shown us the program, you've, you've shown us the power, and you've shown us the purpose of the church. You've shown us everything that we need as a church to be the church, to glorify you in being the church. Lord God, help us to commit to you today to do just that. In Jesus' name.